Hoodie Talk family, it's your boy here, Manly J. I'm here with another episode of Hoodie Talk 860. Listen, I'm excited for today's podcast episode. I'm here with one of my boys, Junior, LaVesta Jones. We have previously recorded something, a couple little technical difficulties, but we back now here better than ever. Junior, how you feeling today, man? man I'm feeling good, man. Blessed and highly favored, man. It's raining outside. Yo, it's raining. We got a tornado watch right now, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> makes no sense. We went from hurricane, what, two weeks ago, and now we're on a tornado watch. So, man, listen. We're on a flood watch, too. Still, right, man? So, listen, if this, if this is a time to get your mental health right, it's right now. So, we're going to sit here and we're going to chop it up. Listen, the, the name of this podcast today is Iron sharpens iron that's that's a that's a proverbs verse man and, and i heard i heard the verse a couple days ago uh i was in i was doing my morning meditation and i came across it and i haven't seen that verse in in years and it used to be one of my favorite verses because i associated with you know having conflict with different individuals but then my meditation it taught me a flip side to it, man. So today we're gonna to talk about the flip side to it. But first, man, we're gonna to get to know Junior Jones. Y'all gonna hear his voice, see his face eventually one day, and really get to know him because you know he's somebody who has truly, who's truly blessed me, man. He's blessed my mind, he's blessed my family, believe it or not. He's blessed my child, believe it or not. He's blessed me in ways he don't even know he's done. So, man, Levesa, just just open up to us, man, and um, tell us about yourself. Yeah, man. Um, listen, um, I'm I'm glad to be here with you, man, and to be on this platform. Uh, you're doing such a great job. So, man, kudos to you, bro. Oh, thanks. Um, man, listen. Uh, I'm a I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. I'm all these things, man. <laughs> I hail from New London, Connecticut. Born and raised, Weller City, green and gold. Ooh. That's what we bleed. Um, you know, I don't know no other thing. I don't know no other life, no other city like that. Rose City. Um, I, Rose City. I went. Nah, stop that. <laughs> Cut that out. Um, man, uh, went to went to New London High. Graduated. Went to uh, W L W L Bonner College, a theological uh, Bible college. Man, and uh, didn't graduate, but uh, went all the way to my junior year. My major actually was biblical studies, and I minored in youth ministries. Um, so just because I didn't graduate don't mean I don't know nothing. Trust me, I'm very seasoned in, in, in my biblical studies and youth ministries and ministry as a whole, man. I'm a son. My father is a pastor. Um, so I've been in the church all my life, raised right in the pew. Um, not only raised in the pew, but I've sinned in the church. Talk about and, it. Um, you know, most people think you got to sin outside the church, but I did most of my sinning in the church. So anything you could possibly think of that is done outside in the world has been done in the church, not only by me, but by countless others. So, um, But I'm just being transparent about myself. So um, I've done that, um, but I'm saved by grace and his mercy is still sufficient. So I'm here to, you know, be a light unto people who think it's hard to live a safe life mm-hmm. or to live life period um, because you go through things in life that happens that deter you or try to take you out but there's so much to live for uh, and there's so much uh, that you can glean from to keep on living so listen I've, I've been there I've been out there um, I haven't strayed too far but the Lord has been uh, kind to me 
to help me and guide me and be a light even in them dark seasons of my life. So, you know, we're going to talk about it. So that's Junior in a nutshell. In a nutshell, man. It's nice because we're both, we're both church boys. So, you know, we, we've had that stigma for years, you know, high school, middle school, even adulthood, man. You go to a party and they, they don't pass you the red cup. They pass you the, the Dasani water or something because they know you're the church boy. But, but even as a church boy, you still have to figure out your side of mental health. And that's what we're here to talk about is you figuring out, you know, what, what state of mind are you in? How can you, how can you take what you learn in church and help your mental side at the same time? I always say black people have the best religion, but we have the worst mental health. So, while Junior, I know you have a little story. We talk about it often um, where one night he had a very depressive night and uh, he basically, you know, just like a lot of us, he, he didn't want to live no more. You want to explain that story for us? Sure, man. Um, this was back in 2008. And uh, 2005, um, at the particular time, I was actually in college. I was in school, and um, my my wife, but then she was my girlfriend. Um, she was pregnant with our first son. Um, and uh, what happened was, at that particular point, um, growing up in the church, you get clout. Um, mm. When you're a musician, um, you get a lot of clout. Mm. Um, and I ain't talking about being no mediocre musician. I'm talking about being that dude, mm. um, someone who is good at their craft and anointed um, and really knows how to move a crowd um, by what they do. Um, and so I was that dude. Um I, you know, I come from a line of musicians, singers, anointed musicians and singers, not just talented, but anointed um, preachers, pastors, evangelists, and different different facets of ministry. So all those things were in me. Um, but at this particular time, I was just a musician. Um, and but I was good at um, speaking the word too. Mm. But my musician thing was what I was I doing. Say, yeah. And so I was playing the drums at this particular time and I was like one of the top drummers in the particular city. Um, we were down south um, in this particular city. So um, everybody knew me. Like, you know, I was that dude. And there was there was a handful of people who was, you know, you know, those are those dudes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was one of them. So um and playing for one of the biggest churches in the city as well um because my chief my my bishop he was chief apostle he was very known and so everybody knew his church and so um everyone would come over there cuz we had Sunday night services so that's why everybody would Sunday come Sunday night yes everybody would come through but they also knew like you know when he called a prayer service cuz he was on the radio station um people would come through too so you know you got clout you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you one of the popular ones in the church. Well, at the particular time, um, you know, again, I was in the church and, you know, I had the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, um, you know, I was sinning. I was in the church and sexing straight up. Period. That's just how it was. Um, you know, you know, I was sleeping around, you know, no different than what the world do. I was sleeping around and... Um, I got my wife, then she was then my girlfriend, I got her pregnant, and um, the church uh, set me down. So you go from being the popular dude 
to go sitting on the back pew and no one can associate nor talk to you because you're ostracized because you committed a sin and your sin is is bringing a reproach on the church. And so what they do is they sit you down. um, You're silent and you have to go through these courses of restoration Mm. to be restored um, because you have committed a sin. Hmm. When all the while, um, not only did I commit a sin, but I knew everybody else who was committing the same sins I was doing, but they just didn't get caught. They just didn't wind up with uh, with a child or get caught out. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I'm loyal, so I ain't telling nobody's business. <laughs> so I kept on doing um, what I was doing. And so my bishop sat me down. And then he also put out that no one was to associate with me or whatever. My closest friends in the church who I thought was loyal to me, they turned their back on me. So they weren't talking to me. One of my, my boy I grew up with, he actually ended up coming to the school and we best friends to this day. He was the only one that associated with me like during that time. Like, you know, he was still my dude. But everybody else, man, like they distanced themselves from me. People that I helped out. People that mm. I, you know, rocked with and got them out of trouble and, and of sorts and everything, they were like they distant themselves from me. Like they went when they saw me, they wouldn't talk to me. Like it was crazy. Um, but then, like when they weren't on campus or at the church, they'll try to call me or text me. Like, nah, you can't. When we're in public, you can't say nothing. But you want to mm. try to backdoor it. So I felt like I felt alone. I felt uh, betrayed, and so. You know, again, I just kept it moving. One particular night, all of it got to me, um, feeling alone, feeling betrayed, feeling ostracized by the church, a place where I grew up in and loved. And I'm thinking that the mercy of God and grace uh, should flow through his people and they should restore you in love. But they doing all this doctrinal stuff to sit you down and not, and telling you, you know, you're a sinner, you're this and that and the other, but they're not restoring me in love. They're telling me everything that I've done wrong. Mm. I don't need you to tell me what I did wrong because I know what I did wrong. I opened her legs and got in that joint. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't wear no rubber. That was the problem. <laughs> you know, come on, like, you trying to tell me something I already know. So, again... You know, I became, you know, the, 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 the I guess, the news of the mm. church. So all of it got to me mentally. Yeah, talk about it. So mentally it all got to me. And sometimes when, you, when you're isolated and no one is speaking life into you or, or, or trying to help you, your thoughts will mm. get the best of you. And really, this is what happens to a lot of people, um, because once you become isolated, you become distracted. Once you become distracted, everything looks distorted from your point of view, mm. because your mind. You, uh, uh, there used to be a song that my mind is playing tricks on me. Do 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 do. That's by the Ghetto me. Boys. That's before me. I don't know. That was a joint back in the day. Um, so. Um, Yo, it was Ghetto Boys, Scarface and Lil Midget, and you know, you look it up, y'all. So, Hoodie Talks, if you really hood, you know the Ghetto Boys. You know about this right here. So I'm letting you know, I'm letting you know I'm certified. I ain't no just no church boy. I know my stuff. You know what I'm saying? So again, um, my mind's just started playing tricks on me. Mm. I really got to a place where I felt alone, felt like no one loved me. I felt like no one cared, 
And it got to me so mentally that I was like, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill myself. Mm. So I was on a particular road um, in the city, and I had a red uh, Sophia, um, Sophia Kia. And this is when the keys just started coming out. So, you know, they ain't look they don't look as nice as they look now. When they when Kia's first came out, them things looked like a bucket. So I had a red one, four door. Um, and I was coming down this particular way, um, and going over, I was gonna go over the Bush River bridge, which underneath was a river, but underneath the river, underneath the bridge, um, it's mass stones underneath there, like a lot, a lot of stones. Mm. Um, so as I'm coming down this pass, I'm literally about to turn my wheel off the bridge. As I come down, I'm turning my wheel. My wheel never turns. It locks. Mm. My wheel is literally locking. Um, I got it in my mind that I want to off myself because I'm so depressed. I'm in, I'm in this depressing zone in my head. It's my thoughts. My thoughts, all my thoughts are dark. They're evil. I can't even speak life to myself. And what mm. happens is, too, is that your thoughts become so dark that they taint your heart. Mm. You know? Watch out. So when your thoughts when your thoughts are dark, they will taint your heart and your heart is where your emotions are. So your emotions become evil. You can't find no good in your emotions because all your thoughts are dark. So so everything that is good, love, love turns to hate. <sighs> Happiness turns to sadness. Joy turns to sorrow. Whoa. So you're going to get all the negative in the emotions because Whoa. everything in your head is dark. So my emotion is filled with all this negativity and my thoughts is dark. What's the use of living? And so I went to, you know, I went to go try to, you know, kill myself. So I jerked the wheel. The wheel didn't jerk. Hmm. Um, jerked it again. And I'm still going driving down. The wheel wouldn't turn. As I get on the bridge... The car is getting is is accelerating, but my foot is not on gas no more. Mm. When I get to the end of the bridge, my my car stops. It's like slow down and stop. By this time, I'm I'm bawling because I know I know this is a spiritual awakening. I know it's something else happening here. The uh, it stops. I'm crying. I'm bawling. And it's clear as day, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, you're going to live. And I'm crying at this time, like I'm bawling. Like I'm crying like a baby in the a car. A grown man, y'all, a grown man. Yeah, grown man, grown man. I ain't nothing soft about me, real soft. <laughs> um, crying, because I don't even like crying. And I'm bawling. Mm. I'm bawling. And he says, you're going to live. I said, why? I said, Why? Why you want me to live? Said I ain't done using you yet. Literally like that. From that point on, life has never been the same for me. Everything that I've gone through, I've gone through really tough times, but I've been happy going through those tough times. Say that again, man. Somebody need to hear that. So anything that I've been through that was tough, that that should have like kind of put me back in a crazy mental state, mm. I've been happy going through it. Happy going through it. Because in that moment, with him affirming me that I'm supposed to live and that he's not done using me, mm. let me know that there's someone who cares about me. 
there's some there's someone who cares about me. If it's if it's not someone who's tangible that I can't touch or see, uh-huh. there's a great one that I can't see, but I believe in him. He loves me. Hmm. And so sometimes we take we take the spiritual the spiritual essence of what we know God to be because what we were taught by people who were flawed. Mm. We take their concepts of God or religion and make them and adopt them as our own. But usually what happens is if you want to find God, it usually takes a very traumatic experience for you to find him for yourself. Mm. And everything that you've learned from flawed people, you're going to throw it out the door. You're going to throw it out the window. You're going to toss it away because you're going to find the essence of God for yourself. Mm. So the God that I knew from my parents, the God that I knew from my grandmother, the God that I knew from my aunts and uncles, the God that I knew from friends and uh, Godmother, Godfather, no longer existed when I had a traumatic experience. Mm. Case in point, you can go to your word. For those of for those of you that are listening and going to listen to this, you might challenge me. I'm going to give you this reference. Here it goes. You can go into the Word and you can look up the Apostle Paul. When you look up the Apostle Paul, I want you to look up his original name, which is Saul. Mm-hmm. When you look up the name Saul, it's going to give you two references of Saul. You don't want Saul from the Old Testament. You want Saul from the New Testament. This Saul that's in the New Testament is the Saul that persecuted the church. This Saul that persecuted the church is the Saul that understood the biblical, the biblical spiritual religious principles of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's why he persecuted the church. He persecuted the church because he thought they were going against, against. Okay. what was being taught okay. in the Old Testament because they were still believing and looking for the Messiah when the Messiah already came, uh-huh. which was Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So because Jesus comes, he says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. They didn't, his own did not believe it. The Bible says that his own did not receive him. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah because how could the Messiah come riding on ass? How can Mm -hmm. the Messiah come Mm -hmm. and be born in a city that's not wealthy? How can can a, a, a Messiah come and be born to a virgin and we don't even know who the daddy is? And we have a surrogate who steps in as a stepfather, mm. but he's supposed to. But the Messiah is supposed to be royalty. I never heard it like that. Go ahead, bro. So they're looking for they're looking for what adds up to what royalty looks like, mm. because they're looking for this person who have riches that's going to save them from their captor, which is Rome. Mm. Okay, but he didn't come like that. So Saul is is persecuting the church who still believes in the Messiah coming, but the Messiah already came and died on the cross for your sins. Because his blood made a way for the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which at one point didn't have access to the blood. Now, break break down Gentile for me. There could be somebody here right now who hasn't read a lick of the word. Break that down for you, me. You and I are Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Gentiles are those who were not in the Mosaic line, mm-hmm. which, who, which are not in the Hebrew line, which come from the line of Abraham. 
you have you have Abram who his name is changed to Abraham mm-hmm. because he because he listened to what God told him to do he obeyed and God told him that he's going to make his name great and his seed will be like the sands be like the sand numbers you cannot count That's so he bad. became the father's the father of many nations then you got the the father then you got Abraham you got Isaac mm. then you got Jacob you got the forefathers of the faith who who progress or who make uh extend the lineage of what we know when David comes along okay the lineage which Jesus comes through because he comes through the uh the David line mm-hmm. so that line, that that chosen people, the same people who goes, uh, who leaves Egypt, who goes in the wilderness, who goes who goes through the wilderness, and God promised them a land for them, but because of because of their murmuring, complaining, He keeps them forty years in the wilderness, but still gives them the promise that He promised unto His forefathers, hmm. the land flowing with milk and honey. But when they go into that land, into that promised land, they have to deal with what's in the promise. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon oh, story for another <laughs> another time. So they have to deal with what's in the promise. But while they're while they're growing as a nation, hmm. they have internal turmoil. But they're still growing as a nation. Still the chosen people. Now you get to. Um, if you know history, you read about the Persian Empire. You read about. Uh, the the Greek Empire. Yeah, you read about stuff. all of that because Alexander the Great is in the Bible. The Persian king Xerxes is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Babylonian king. These are different dynasties that you can read in your history books that tells mm. you about civilization. And they all and they all go through the Bible. Watch out. And they're all they're all successful by the capture of a chosen people. Mm. The chosen people made them rich. Mm. The Babylonian civilization became one of the richest, which is nope, I take that back, which is the richest civilization on earth. You know why? Mm. Do you really want to know why? I, I need to. Because the Babylonian king not only did away with his God, but he put Daniel in place. That's why if you ever hear about the seven wonders of the world, the Garden of Babylon is number one on top of that list. Hmm. Because that garden was the garden in which Daniel and the three Hebrew boys Ooh were in their city. And he allowed them to worship their God without restriction. After he tried to throw them in the furnace. And he realized that their God was real. And he allowed them to worship their God. Hmm. And those who came against the three Hebrew boys and Daniel, he killed them. He put them in the furnace. He put them in the den. Hmm. That's in your book. All of our books. So, so when you get to the the New Testament, that same chosen people who comes out of captivity of Babylon, at the Babylonian captivity, 
are now in Jerusalem and Judea. They're in that land. But now they're not captors, but they're oppressed by the Roman civilization. They're, they're, they're oppressed by Rome. But they're governed by their own still. Mm. But they're oppressed by Rome. Herod was one of theirs, but he's, he's a governor to Rome, though. Mm. That's why you got to know history. You got to know, you got to know history because people think, oh, Rome had them oppressed. Rome didn't only have them oppressed. They were being governed by their own. Mm. So they're looking for the Messiah to free them, to, you know, whatever. Saul is upholding the law of the Torah. That's what he was doing. He didn't believe in Christ. So I'm going to get to my point now. I gave you all this history. (laughs) This was the point. Because I was talking about traumatic experience and you Mm -hmm. find God for yourself. Paul goes on the road to Damascus. And you can read this in your Bible in Acts. He goes on the road to Damascus and he has an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. When he has this encounter with God, after he just got finished killing Stephen. (laughs) I'm giving you all Bible and I'm throwing these names out because I want you to look these names up. Mm. I'm not giving you the actual place to go find them because I want you to do your due do diligence your homework, do your homework. and go hoodie hoodie fans. I want you to go, you know, you can smoke your weed and put your hood on, but you can smoke your weed, have your hood on and Google these names at the same, same time, time. <laughs> you know, because, you know, weed is not legal. So, you know, you can pray and still smoke. Praise God. Um, anyways, <laughs> they, they did anyways. So, yeah. You know, before you was doing it in secret. Now you don't got to do it in secret. As long as you got a card. You've been rewarded Bless openly. <laughs> Bless the Lord. But anyway, let me tell you about this. God can heal you from that too. So if you got migraines or whatever you use it for, if you really trust God, he could definitely heal you from those things. Mm. But if you know you don't have enough faith, but everyone has faith, has a measure of faith. Um, he says, all you got to do is have faith the size of a mustard seed. But, you know, if, if you don't even have that enough, enough faith, then I understand. Keep on smoking your weed. <laughs> and then hopefully your faith will grow over time. Listening to Hoodie Talks and listening to myself and listening to Molly and listening to it, the man. other ones that's going to come on and kind of bless you guys. Um, you know, whatever. So he has this traumatic experience. Uh-huh. And the God that he persecuted, he meets. Wait a minute. Let me stop you real quick. Keep your point. Isn't it crazy? No, man. In fact, keep going. Keep going. I want Because there's a certain part of the story I want you to get to. I'm going to jump. Keep going. My bad. Keep going. Okay. So he meets the God that he's been persecuting. Mm-hmm. He has an encounter with the God, with, the, with Christ, that he's been killing people, saying, killing the people that's saying that they worship this guy. Mm. They, they, they serve the true and living God, this guy. This guy who says, no one could come to me. No, one's, no one could come to the Father unless they come through me. Mm. This guy, that guy that says that, Jesus, who says, no one could come to the Father unless they come through me. Why? Because you needed his blood to, to come through him. Because any other time they were going to God, they had to go to God with a sacrifice, mm-hmm. which was a dove, a bullock, um, a lamb, whatever it was, d- depending on whatever the sin was, they had to use, they had to have some sacrifice for it. But in this instance, he became the ultimate sacrifice. So you had no need to go and pay somebody for a lamb 
a dove or anything. You just said, Lord, forgive me. That easy. And you believed on him. That easy. That easy. So he Paul has his encounter. Talk about the encounter. Paul has his encounter on Damascus Road, which ultimately puts him in a feverish bed, and the Lord still deals with him. Hmm. And the very one he was, I, I can't believe which apostle or which one he sent to him, but the very ones that he was persecuting, they're sent to him, the minister hint to him. That's a word, but we're not going to go there right now. Yeah. So he has, he has an encounter with God himself. Mm. In a traumatic experience, he meets, he meets the true and living God for himself. Mm. Now, when, now, when he got, now this is when he was on the horse, right? Because I, yes. I know my Bible, but I be forgetting some, some stories sometimes. So he's on, he's on this horse and he's going. And for my, this is how I see it. He's he's driving down the street. He's chilling. Boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, he sees these 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 headlights, like these big tractor trailer headlights, just come at him. Boom! He can't see no more. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he go blind in this in this state? Or, or actually, he put scales over his eyes. Well, you could call it scales. You can call it blind because you've got scales in your eyes. You can't see. So mm-hmm. it's whatever. What would you call it? Blind. 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 See, he went my... periodically blind. If you got scales over your eyes, if you got a blindfold on your blind, you can't see. You can't see nothing. That's my point right there. Yeah. He blinded him. That's all. And so, so what? Here's the amazing part of, of of how of how the Lord changed his journey. He made Saul only see what was in his mind. He made yes, yes, but let's let's. Change the narrative of what you just said. Change it. It's not that he made him see what's only in his mind. He made him deal with his inner self. There it is. Sometimes when your eyes are closed, and people can attest to this. Go there. When your eyes are closed and everything is shut off, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're at home, you lay in the dark, and your eyes is closed, mm-hmm. it's almost like another you shows up. And you're having a conversation. But that's a good point. And sometimes, if you don't watch yourself, you'll indulge in a conversation so long and you might get shook at what you might hear back. Because in the steel of the night or in that rest, Mm. the true you kind of shows up. And sometimes, you got to deal with the... The realness of who you really are. Mm. That's why some people don't don't like being alone. They don't like being in dark rooms by Whoa. themselves. Whoa. Um, because you're you 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 have to deal with your thoughts. Mm. And when everything else when when everything else is not around you to occupy you, mm. it's only you and your thoughts that's left. Which your thoughts is going to trigger your emotions. Mm. And when your emotions are triggered, most likely the outcome, depending on what's talking in your head, might not be the best experience that you want to have. Man. So mental health is, you know, the mental health of the black man or the black woman has more to do, doesn't have, has more to do with what you deal with on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and really how you process what you deal with. Process, huh? 
some people's processing skills are horrible. <laughs> so when they lay down at night alone and their eyes is closed, it's distorted. Mm. Because you because you're dealing with so much, you don't you don't you don't know how to process nothing. It's flipping through channels. Yeah. You, mm. And you have to and, and a lot of people with mental issues too, if you notice. They're into this weird stuff. They watch this weird stuff. On, on, <laughs> they watch be. They watch Charmed. Mm. They watch um, Rosewood. Mm. That's an old show. They watch these. They watch these fantasy shows that takes them into fantasy land. Oh. None of the scenarios are real. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when you're laying down at night. You're coming up with these fictitious thoughts because mm. you're not because you don't want to deal with reality. So you need to find out what has traumatized you so that you don't want to deal with reality because you got to get to the root of mm-hmm. what has you so tapped out that mm. you cannot deal with reality. You got to get to that root. Yo, that. He's already blown my mind, and we're not even like thirty minutes into this conversation. He talked about, you know, his, his suicide um, experience, and I, I personally have dealt with it not on that level, but you know, the, the thought has definitely climbed through my head. I'm pretty sure it's climbed through everybody's head at some point. I have a question for you, very deep question, and I know a lot of people because you know the hoodie talk community, you know, we're a young community, and a lot of people always ask me, Mal, when somebody takes their life, like, like, how can the Lord allow that? You want to touch on that with me for a second? Say that again. So, like, you know, like if someone kills themselves, yeah, they question, like, oh, well, how can God let them do that? And did they go to hell? Or did they go? All to right. Heaven? So let me, let me, let me. A lot of you probably won't like my answer, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you this: I'm not one who really cares about anybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be very honest. My heart goes out to anyone who kills themselves. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's no redemption for that person. Mm. It's one thing to kill somebody because when you kill them, you're still alive and there's redemption for you. You got the chance. You got the chance to repent. Mm. You got the chance to get it right. Even though you kill the person. The person that you killed doesn't have a second chance, but their life was taken not by their hand, but by yours. Mm-hmm. So their situation is different. But when you take your own life, there's no, there's no chance to say, I'm sorry. Ooh. There's no chance to say, I repent. There's no chance... There's, there's no chance for a second chance. Mm. You don't get a do-over. So where, where did you think you went? <laughs> Case in point. Where did you think Judas went? Mm. Judas hung himself. Judas was so depressed because he betrayed his Lord and Savior. And he threw the money back at the priest. Because he knew what he did was wrong. And he couldn't live with what he did. Mm. And he went and hung himself. Mm. Now, could you imagine if Judas 
didn't hang himself. Mm. And he and the Lord still died on the cross. Mm. Judas would actually be one of the apostles. Be right. honest with you. Wow. That's a good point. Judas' name would be an apostle. He would be an apostle. Mm. I don't see why not. Peter cut a guy's ear off and he was he still was made an apostle. Well. That's the answer, folks. I'm 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 just gonna mic drop it and I'm gonna leave it right there. So that, that's the answer. So the bottom line is Judas, if Judas didn't kill himself, Judas was still would have been in an in an uh, uh an heir to the promise that God said and what he what he trained his disciples to do. Mm. Judas was right there when miracles was happening. He was mm. he was working in the ministry. Wow. Judas was the um accountant. He kept the money. So Judas was right there with the rest of them. Well, he would have been something. Judas was in Whoa. doing Judas was doing the same training that the, all of them were doing. Mm. He sat at the table every time they went somewhere. He was People don't understand how important Judas was. He was a disciple. Wherever the disciples were, he was there too. He wasn't mm. off doing his own thing. He was with them. Mm. It wasn't until the Last Supper you see that Judas leaves the table and goes and do what was already ordained for him to do. Mm. But was it ordained for him to kill himself? That was a choice. He could not deal with the trauma of what he did. Ultimately, he lost his chance. Because he, he, he made the wrong choice. He lost his book. He lost, yeah. <laughs> he lost his book. The son of perdition. That's what they call him. Yeah, listen. I'm, I'm about to tie this all together. Ready? Watch this. <laughs> Proverbs, I believe it's 27 and 17. It talks about how iron sharpens iron, you know, as a friend, you know, sharpens another man. Basically, what this scripture is saying is, like I said, back in the day, I used to always think it had to do with conflict of how, you know, one person argues with somebody, but that makes you stronger, you know. But then, but at at the same time, I didn't understand that because I didn't understand how me popping off lip with somebody made me stronger, it made them stronger when it made our relationship worse. That, that teaching, but now I, I, it depends what you're arguing about. That too, it it, it didn't make sense to me it, until until I read it the other day and I understood that no matter your conversation with somebody, no matter your let me not let me let me not limit iron to conversation. I'm a, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it to a relationship. Period. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with somebody is a knife. Yeah, it's iron. Mm-hmm. Period. Now, now this, this is where it hit me. Either you are a dull knife in a conversation or in a, you're a dull knife in a relationship or you're going to be sharp. You going to be sharp. And, and a lot of times what I see happening is a lot of people are dull in the blade because they ain't at home doing their homework. True. Can I? Um, jump, jump, jump. I'm about you, to change. Jump the brains. Jump, jump. 
Hey, watch this. Listen, this is this is how we talk on the phone. Like, so, literally, I'll say something, he'll get me. Watch. So let's let's. I like that narrative. I'm gonna use your narrative, but I'm gonna flip it. The Bible says, "Know them that labor among you." Mm-hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So if you know them that labor among you, he also says, "Don't be unequally yoked." Mm. Okay. I'm going to use these references to to really get to my point about iron sharpening iron. Do it. A lot of times what happens is we miss, um, we miss interpret or we cause something to be what it isn't. Mm. And everyone is not a knife. Mm -hmm. Everyone Mm -hmm. is not a knife. Mm-hmm. Hear me very clear. Everyone is not a knife. It's a strong tool in the kitchen. It's a, ve- it's a very strong tool. But everyone is not a knife. Mm. Some people are rocks. Mm. But here's the thing. You can use a rock that's shopping a knife. Mm-hmm. If you know how to scrape the blade. Mm. See, I'm an avid watcher of Forged by Fire, so I like watching this stuff. Mm. And I'm a history buff. And so when I think about history, I think about how they would sharpen swords. Mm -hmm. They didn't sharpen it with iron. They sharpened it by using a stone. Mm. Okay? Everyone is not going to be a knife but they're still able to sharpen you. Mm. Some people are stones and they're meant for you to get sharpened off of them, not you to sharpen them. Mm. A stone don't become sharpened by sharpening a blade. Mm. It becomes dull by sharpening a blade. Mm. Some people need to be dull so they can receive. So sometimes you come in slicing, slicing, only to get sharpened. Whoa. Mm. There's some people that you come to that are blades and you sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. But you don't stay with this person long mm. because you have to go and do your work. Mm-hmm. After you're sharpened, you, you, you set apart and go do what you're, set, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Cut, slice, spread, whatever you're supposed to do as being a sharpened Vessel, mm-hmm. rightly dividing Whoa. the word of truth. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's what you, when you're sharpened, you rightly divide. Mm. When you're not sharpened and dull, you don't rightly divide. How can you rightly divide something when you're not sharpened? You can't. Because if you, ever, if you ever cut with a dull blade, it shreds everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cut it smoothly. Cut. That's not rightly dividing. When the blade is sharp, it rightly divides. It cuts smoothly. Straight through. Straight through. Without nicking or nothing, it's just straight line. Mm. What's happening now is we have a lot of dull blades. And they're not rightly dividing. They're shredding the word. Go. They're shredding the truth. Go. So what happens is you're dealing with a bunch of people who are not sharpened. And then you're trying to get sharpened off of people who are dull. Go. You're trying to get sharpened off of, off of people who are not iron, 
They're not rocks. Some of them are sand. <laughs> you you study poking sand for what? Ooh. It don't do nothing. Whoa. All you're doing is making a mess. So you got to know, honestly, you have to know the people around you. You got to mm. know their value. You got to know what they bring. You got to know what they are. Mm. Every, and I'm going to tell you, everyone is not iron. Everyone is not iron. I don't care. When you know someone is iron, this is how you know. And I'm going to use I'm going to use my cousin, my bro for an example, Jaren. I'm not fluent in logic, mm-hmm. a, a particular program that we use for music. He's more fluent than I am. I know enough, but he knows more than me. So when we connect, we're doing something, mm-hmm. he might show me some tricks. But then I show him something that he did not know. That's iron sharpen iron because we have this we have the same common thing in in, in play, mm-hmm. but we're working together and we're learning new tricks from each other. Mm. We're sharpening one another and how to do something and to get something done quickly, proficiently, effectively, without wasting time. Mm. That's iron sharpening iron. Not we still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so if I have an issue with sound or I have an issue with something, I call them. Yo, this is my this is what I'm thinking. I know what the issue is, but this is what I'm thinking. What's the easiest way to do this? Because I know he could think, I know he could process faster than me. Mm. We do the same thing, but he could process faster than me because he could see it differently. Because mm. sometimes I'm too involved and I can't see it clearly. I know what I want to do. I just can't see it clearly. Uh, so what I do is I call someone who's doing the same thing that I do, do it better than me, mm. and get a different perspective. That's iron sharpening iron. So the next time I have this issue, I don't got to call them. I could just do it. do it. Many times, you're calling people who are not sufficient in an area that you're calling them on. Why are you calling somebody to get out of depression, but they're, in, they're, but they're depressed? Go. Why are you calling Go. a person who, who, to help you stop drinking, but you know they drink? Drinking with them. Yeah, like that's that, again, like that's like you got a circle, y'all all smoking, and you want to stop smoking, but you gonna be like, yo, bro, you gotta help me stop smoking, and you know this nigga ain't even trying to stop smoking. He gonna look at you like, what? <laughs> he's not iron right now. Ooh. Why? Because he wants to continue doing what he's, what he's doing. You're trying to stop. What made you think that he was someone that can sharpen you in a process that you're trying to stop? He can't sharpen you mm. because y'all on the same playing field. He don't want to stop what you're doing. Wow. So the perception of what we think iron is, we have to have a clear view of what we think or what we uh, see iron to be. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to really identify who is iron. And I always say this, people who are iron are people that are in areas that you're trying to get to mm-hmm. or you're in, but you need a little bit more to know about. Mm-hmm. You, that's iron. Mm-hmm. They're much further than you or they know a little bit more than you. So you link up with them to get, to get more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Good, yeah. But if, you, if you're linking up with someone who's on the same level as you, but you know they ain't going nowhere, that ain't iron. You're about to, you're about to waste your time. Wow. Now, you can get some tricks from them mm-hmm. only to sharpen you, but you can't stick with them too long. Mm. That's why I was talking about the rock. Mm-hmm. The rock can sharpen iron, 
but you can't stick with a rock too long. Why? A rock is heavy. It will weigh you down. And ultimately, if you put a rock on your blade long enough, it'll bend your blade, which will make your blade insufficient to work. Which ultimately, if you keep on sharpening your your blade on a dull rock, is going to chip your blade. Whoa! Once your blade chip, you gotta go to a blacksmith. You gotta defect. You gotta defect. Oh. And if you watch Forge of Fire like I do, <laughs> they tell you quickly. <laughs> you gotta chip. You gotta you gotta uh, chip running up this blade, mm. and you gotta saw. And they tell you, you can either saw this out or you could put something to it. That's going to cover it To make it stronger Most of them try to saw it out And end up Breaking their blade Because the blade is too soft After they put it in the fire That's a whole nother word I can Ooh, really kill go, that go, go. They put it in the fire And it being in the fire too long It weakens the blade So they go and saw, and saw it Saw out that chip mm-hmm. and What they end up doing is Fracturing the blade all the way mm. But if you never Touched it Ooh and just put some more carbine to it, Ooh. made it thicker, and then saw it down. Mm. But again, they're on a the time limit, so you know it's different in the show. But whoa, see, see but how- you have to. But again, but your mental plays a part in what you perceive. Mm-hmm. If you if you have a messed up mind and your mind is all over the place, you can't perceive who's right or who's wrong. wrong. You can't see what's sharp and you can't see what's dull. Mm. So, you know, you got to stay in the light. So I, I got a question and I want you to give, I want you to give the listeners some, some practical information that they could take and, and use and use this week. Uh, you know, some people right now, you know, but I'm not going to talk about being the blade. Cause a lot of everybody think they the blade, but like you said, some people just saying, I love that. Some people just, I'm just at the beach playing in you. Pause. Here's the thing, <laughs> but here's the thing though. What, what, what would you say to that person who knows that they're being used as a rock to somebody else? Who knows that their life is being dulled down while they're being sharpened? How how can you explain to somebody? How can you explain to a rock? How can you go from that rock to that blade mentality? How do you switch it? Well, first of all, you got to really find your purpose. Mm. You got to find what you're good at. You got to find what you're called to do. I believe everyone has a calling because without a calling, you have no purpose. Mm-hmm. Without a purpose, you don't have no calling because mm-hmm. they both go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So you got to find out what's your purpose, what's your calling. Um, and then you start striving towards that. Mm. Um and while you're striving towards that, you let nothing to deter you from going backwards, especially with, from where you are right now. You don't, you don't allow nobody to take you backwards. Um, there's a lot of things I could say, but the, I, the biggest thing is because we're in this pandemic and a lot of things are coming across social media and um, all these platforms, it's really important that you find your identity. Hmm. Your identity is not what you see on TikTok, Snap, 
um, IG. following IG, following all these celebrities. Mm. They made it due to whatever they sacrificed. You're not in their position. Mm. So you have to find your identity and be comfortable with you. Mm. When you find your identity, identity and comfortable with you, your identity is going to point out your purpose. Mm-hmm. And your purpose is going to point out your calling. Mm. And when all those come in line, you're going to begin to do the work that you were called to do. Mm. And I'm speaking in this terms because this is bigger than ministry. This is not ministry. This is, it is ministry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's life ministry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to be some type of beacon of light, of hope to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot find that hope for yourself, you're doomed. Period. That's all I have to say. Period. Listen, man, I hope you all enjoyed this episode today, man. And really, iron sharpens iron. Yo, take take this. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call this a nugget. Take this nuggets he just dropped and apply them to your neck. Every time he talked about a blade or a rock or something, just, just put something in your life. Substitute the word. Substitute it. That rock could be your boyfriend. That rock could be your girlfriend. That rock could be your family members, people who you thought were blazed with you, but they 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 just rocks. They're sick. Take take them take them analogies and put put your situation in it. And really, this week, sit down with yourself and, and evaluate. You know who who's in my corner. Who do I know is my rocks? Who do I know are my sandboxes? Because we got we all got people who are our sandboxes. We. Like I said, we just be playing with them. Period, man. <clears throat> we just be playing with them. <clears throat> Woman too. I ain't even gonna go there though. Woman too, because I definitely been the sandbox a couple times. <laughs> but listen, for real, take that. Time. Yo, I'm just gonna be straight with you. Like I've I've been there, man. And and what what sucks is because I was in that position. I never wanted to be in that position again. So I put other people in that position. Yeah. That's the part, and I did that for years. I'm just now coming out of it. Let me tell you all the truth. I'm just now coming out of it, bruh. Like, for years, I put people in a sandbox, and whether I pour water in that sandbox <laughs> and made them clay, so now I can mold. Anyways. You ain't making sandcastles? I was in there making sandcastles, boy. <laughs> Listen, you got to know. Well, you got to know the people and the material that they're built from. Because a lot of people put on this front. I, I seen something today on Instagram, and it talked about how, how you know, when you be posting on Instagram, it's for that validation. You know, and, and I, that's why a lot of people question me on why I don't post my son on, on Facebook or anything like that. It's because I don't need that validation that I'm a good father. I know I'm there. I don't, I don't need to post, and you like it, and, and now... You got to validate. I'm, oh, you're doing a good, you're doing such a good job. You're proud of you. He's so cute. I, mean, I know that. I know he's cute. He came from me. I know. That's the thing. Stop. You know, we don't need that validation anymore. You don't need that validation of the material that you are. You are a blade. Be a blade. Levesa, close us out with a prayer, man. Help these people out. Yo, man, we, we, we thank you for this opportunity and to all the listeners, man. I pray 
uh, that the Lord be with you. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for just the words that were spoken. We pray for anyone uh, that are dealing with mental issues, um, the mind, um, the darkness, the thoughts, the the voices that they're hearing in their head. We call them subject mm. to the Holy Spirit right now. We call them subject to the Holy Spirit that they may hear from the Lord. Mm. May the peace of the Lord rest upon them, ease their mind, their troubling heart, that they may hear some type of solution that's going to help them in this time. The traumatic experience that plays over in their head over Mm -hmm. and over, that it may cease and that the Lord begin to minister to them. And so we pray that the the, the joy of the Lord consume them, the peace of the Lord consume them on, on this evening and whenever they listen to this. And that everything is going to be all right because you have a purpose, you have a destiny, and you have a calling. And so we pray that all these things that the Lord has for them may be bestowed to them. Speak to their hearts and their mind. Guide them in the way that you want them to do, Lord, Mm -hmm. and what you want them to do and when you want them to do it. We will bless your name and give your name the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Donda. Hey, Hey Talk family, it's your boy Mally J. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, go ahead and like and subscribe for me. See you soon. What's good, Hoodie Talk family? Thank you for listening to this episode with me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Listen, do me a favor before you skedaddle out of here. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Yes, please. Subscribe to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, comment, do all that great stuff. Listen, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out, fam.